Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to have today's show. My guest is Jason Gregory, who I have had on before with all of his books, actually, Enlightenment Now, The Science and Practice of Humility, and most recently, Fasting the Mind. Today, we are going to be discussing his next book, Effortless Living, Wu Wei and the Spontaneous State of Natural Harmony. And I'm excited to dive into it. I find his work to be truly enlightening in terms of how he brings together so many different philosophies, religions, his own innate knowing, and is able to put into words so much of what individuals may be experiencing or may want to uh, bring, bring into their own experience. So before we go into that, I do want to mention that the latest issue of 1111 Magazine has released. It is beautiful and inspiring. It is themed Just Breathe, which is something that we could all do a little bit more of these days. And it could be Uh, in support of you moving more into a space of the effortless mind as well. We are here to breathe, to find our nature and our natural knowing. And the only way we can do that is to stop. So I'm going to dive right into a little bit of Jason Gregory's book to give you a taste of what he has to say. The experience of effortless mind is something we commonly attribute to athletes, artists, writers, poets, and philosophers. This state of consciousness is not bound by the limitations of the mind, but rather finds infinite expression and laser-like focus within the limited framework of our mental capacities and lives. We generally think of this mental state as being in the zone. The ability to focus the mind for a sustained period of time evokes the state of being in the zone, which allows us to achieve the impossible. This occurs because the conscious mind shuts down to allow the wisdom of the unconscious mind and body to take over. Muscle memory takes over while the sense of you doing the task has been reduced. This is just the beginning of understanding the deepening into effortless living and how you can allow yourself more and more into the spontaneous state of natural harmony. Jason Gregory is a teacher and international speaker specializing in the fields of Eastern and Western philosophy, comparative religion, metaphysics, and ancient cultures. He is the author of Fasting the Mind, Enlightenment Now, and the Science and Practice of Humility. He divides his time between Asia and Australia and does have two upcoming tours and retreats in India later in the year. Footsteps of the Master's Tour is one of them, and Fasting the Mind Retreat is another. So you definitely want to check those out. When you go to his website, jasongregory.org. Uh, welcome, Jason, back to 1111 Talk Radio. It is a pleasure, as always, to have you with us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be back on, Simran. I, I always love our conversations, and it's great to connect with you always. Well, I have uh, been on my own Rebel Road tour the past <clears throat> few years, and that resulted in a period of stopping for a long uh I'd say two to three years of really just allowing a space of stillness. And a lot came up through that first from that, that tour of myself of being the rebel where I really did uh, speak to people with a knowingness that we're not here to do anything. We're not here to try to change or fix or heal a society that we are here to allow the spontaneous creativity that is natural within us to bubble up and that in itself will do whatever it needs to do in the world. And that 
so much is spoken in your book when you're talking about uh, how we step more and more into a place of natural harmony and we allow Wu Wei to kind of take charge of our lives rather than this constant forcing and doing that we have become in our worlds. Talk a little bit about the doingness and how our intellectualizing of society, how our conditioning has really altered how we approach life and how we are actually contributing to the chaos and the undoing of ourselves in this way, which also, in a sense, could say could be part of the natural order of things, uh, depending on how we look at it as well. It's a great question, Simran. It's I think we we all grow up. I don't. I think no matter whether the east or the west, we've all sort of been brought up these days where <clears throat> you know doing, doing, doing is is the is the um, mantra. You know, we need to do. We need to be useful. Or, or else, you know, why do we live our life? But, you know, when we when we take a step back and we take a look at nature, um, nature just takes its natural course without, you know, control, effort, force, or anything else. It, there's just a natural order to nature, um, which there's there's this homeostasis with nature. There's a natural harmony there, and and I think the problem, a big problem with us now as as humans is that we we don't really consider ourselves as part of nature. So we just think that we're on this planet, you know, and, and nature is something that, that we just use for our own benefit, um, again, which distorts our, our relationship um, not only uh, with the planet but in, in some sense with each other as well. So, you know, we have this tendency to think of, you know, there's us and then, then there's nature and, and then there's, there's just us and there's everybody else. So we're these isolated people and everything else you know, is there's just this blind force moving through the universe instead of an, an sort of an intelligent spontaneity that's moving through nature, and we are that nature. So, you know, Lao Tzu, like you know, I mentioned Lao Tzu a lot in the book, the the, the great Taoist sage, because because his focus was on, you know, why don't we just allow life to happen as as nature, as as you know, we allow nature to to run its course. How come we don't allow humans just to run their course, like without putting any effort in, without just, you know, just in a state of, of non-doing, way like. So uh, what we see is uh, from, from Lao Tzu's perspective is, is if we leave people alone to their own, you know, to follow their own path, then nature sort of it just unfolds instead of interfering and and trying to impose our own you know, perception of life upon other people, that's when the problems begin, you know. And, and I think that we don't understand that in our modern world. Um, you know, we have nations and governments that think that we need to tell other cultures what to do and how to be according to our own point of view when, when that's completely the wrong way of going about it. And I, and I think, Simran, that's, that's affected us on a deep individual level as well. Well, when we look at the individual and you're saying we need to follow our own path right there, is part of the issue because we've all been conditioned. There is a lack of trust that is kind of uh, threading through our culture and our world. And we often don't know what our own path is because we're so used to following what everyone else is saying or we've become this homogenized world or we've bought into the idea of what success and happiness are supposed to look at as an end to a, a goal. So to start off, you know, talk a little bit about the hot versus cold cognition 
and how we move from being these living machines into relaxing a little bit more into uh, um, opening that naturalness of, of, of even just stopping for a minute to say, to question who we've become. Yeah, great question. Well, you know, when we look at hot and cold cognition, cold cognition is basically um, the cognitive control centers in our in our brain. So the cold cognition would be, uh, is located in the prefrontal cortex. And, you know, we could associate that with the intellect and, and, and discernment. So, you know, this, you know, Simran and Simran, I am Jason, you know, black, white, good, bad, so forth and so on. And so we've, we've, you know, devised a whole society about um, promoting the intellect, about boosting the intellect, about being strong intellectually and having, you know, being very um, cognitively aware and, and and it's all based on cognitive intelligence. When, when, when we look at the older, more primal cognition, which is the hot cognition, that's where more of the, the naturalness of the world comes into being. That's kind of like our natural nature um, is, a, is a hot cognition. Like, So, for example, you can open and close your hands without having to think about it. You can't intellectualize that, but you can just do it, you know. So, and to explain sort of how the, how the hot cognition works is that when you see someone who's in the zone, like an athlete or, or maybe a musician, who are, who are just in this effortless flow that you – you know, you, it's hard to replicate. You know, you look at it and you go, wow, like, how are they in that? And that's just from years of training. And that that training has become second nature, just like opening and closing my hand. And so that's how this this sponta- spontaneity comes about of itself. It, it just, it that's what our hot cognition is. That's how we, you know, you know, for example, like comedians are, are a good example of this, when someone might say something and they're very witty and, and um, spontaneously, they have a like a spontaneous wit where they could say something very funny spontaneously. And you know, if we if they said that someone said the same thing to us, it, it might take a bit of effort for us to think of something witty to say. But that just that's just their nature. That comes from years of um, working at, on comedy and so forth and so on. And so you have this this difference between the hot and cold cognition, and you know the, the cold cognition in a sense. You know, you could you could do a lot of um, training, so it's useful to train your hot cognition. But the problem is, is that once you've overemployed for the cold cognition, it sort of gets in the way of your performance, just having its natural its natural harmony, its natural flow. So we you know we need techniques and methods to to shut the cold cognition down, and that's that was a big focus within. Uh, especially Eastern thought and and Taoist philosophy, is about how do we shut that down? Um, you know, obviously meditation and so forth and so on uh, are good practices, and that to try and um, loosen the grip on the cold cognition. But the problem is, um, as you're alluding to, Simran, is that we have a society that's bought into hook, line, and sinker into that we should just be intellectually intelligent. And that's all that matters. So naturalness and spontaneity don't really matter in this world now. Um, so that's basically saying that nature doesn't matter in this world. So, Well, and we do seem to be, uh, as, as a species, we seem to be reflecting that onto nature, unfortunately, in many, many ways. Wu Wei is translated into non-doing, non-action or effortless action. 
And if you tell most people, particularly in Western societies, that we are here to be in a place of non-doing and non-action, they probably would go into a state of panic because then they would wonder, what am I supposed to be doing? And it probably would create pandemonium. Um, It certainly does seem to create anxiety in many people uh, to have to stop sometimes because they don't know what to do with themselves. Talk a little bit about Wu Wei and also the paradox in that non-doing does not necessarily mean that you are not doing anything, but it's a different approach to it. It's a paradox of sorts. It is a paradox of sorts because, you know, when you think of yourself as doing something, you're the doer of of something, then then you are you are in a sense doing. Um, there's a phrase there's a there's a great phrase in the in the Bhagavad Gita um, when it where it mentions in Sanskrit, it mentions Nishkarma Nishkarma Karma, which actually um, means not being attached to the fruit of your own labor. So that's again coming back to the the hot and cold cognition what we were talking about is if you're if you've loosened the grip on your cold cognition, or we could even say the ego here in this sense, then you could be um, acting, but you're not a, you're not attached to the actions that, that or, or the fruits of your own labor, as the Bhagavad Gita said. So that's kind of that um, that way of effortless action. So um, you know, if we look at martial arts, for example, martial artists have a very beautiful technique where it seems like their 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 actions are very effortless. And that just comes from years of training, but that's kind of a a metaphor for how we can be in life. It's 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 a uh, it's we can act, we can be very effortless in the actions just in our ordinary life. Uh, but you know that that's the paradox of of non doing. And you know, for a lot of people, when they hear non doing, they get they get really anxious because we have built a world world that said that you know we have to do something. And, you know, Lao Tzu's point was that, you know, according to who, and also um, oftentimes when we, when we allow things just to, to be as they will, things will, t- things will take their natural course. So when we leave things alone to do, you know, to, to be as they will, they'll take their natural course. And, and we've all experienced that where we might have had, like, you know, what you get these days, there's a lot of people because of social media, someone might, a troll, for example, might throw a... Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> an unintelligent tweet at you or, or on Facebook or something like this. And people have a tendency just to do straight away. And so what that means is they have a tendency to act when you could be like, for example, you could be like uh, George Ivanovich Gurdjieff's grandfather who's, who told Gurdjieff, he said that, you know, any when, when you have a situation like that, what you should do is even though you want to react, you should come, you should um, put the brakes or pump the brakes and come back in 24 hours and see if you need to react at all. And most of the times we don't, you know. So, you know, a lot of people have just got to get out of that tendency of of acting unconsciously and also embracing this this ability to just allow something. You know, you don't – obviously, there are going to be moments where your action is required, but most of the time our action isn't required. So we can just allow things to take their natural course without having – you know, a, a biased opinion or our own personal agend- agendas uh, projected onto a situation. So, you know, it's very You know, they important. say that when it comes to chaos, the greatest action to take in chaos is nothing. And because mm. that's actually what will disintegrate the chaos. And 
I've learned just in my past few years of really stopping how the thoughts have risen and there's been this this idea to do something or this idea to build something. And yet when I stopped to really look at who it was that was making the thought, it was the personality. It was the I. But there was a deeper part of me that was saying, no, wait, just wait. And so for people to start to recognize the I that is trying to be in charge, the personality that has been conditioned uh, is an important piece in this, especially when it comes to Wu Wei and moving into a space of more effortless living. Can you talk about how so, and we have a couple of minutes before break, so just to let you know our timing. That's a great point, Simone, and, and you're exactly right. It is that, you know, a lot of the time when we when we do examine our own mind, it is that sense of, okay, Jason wants to do this, he wants to achieve this and that, and then you're off down the rabbit hole, and then who knows where you'll go, you know, so it's um, a lot of the times when we do when we do just pause, and we allow life to 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 just run its course. Naturally, you over time you'll see if even if that action was really necessary or required. In some in some cases, maybe that you've got some sort of intuitive impulse, which is which might be a little bit different to your ego saying to yourself, "Look, I need to achieve this. I need to achieve that." That's a little bit different. But you know, we have to learn to observe our mind to such a a subtle degree that that we can see that most of the doing that we do in the world is ego driven it's you know we're trying to achieve certain things we're trying to be a cer- certain personality and we're trying to be special when when in a sense you know none of us are really special um in, on a, a universal level i i mean i don't mean that in a in a very negative way i mean that sort of in the sense that you know we, we're all innately special but when we look at the great cosmic sphere you know there's a the, the personality, in a sense, is so little. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't um, have a, a large bearing on, you know, what's happening in Saturn, for example. You know, so, you know, we 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 have to get down to that subtle level where we do start to recognise that, okay, it is the personality that's driving a lot of my actions. What happens if I start to observe that and and begin to cut the juice off that fuels those actions? When we shut down our analytical thinking mind, we achieve greatness. In India, this is known as grace, and in ancient Asian thought, it was understood that this grace comes about because of the ability to see that everything is done when left undone. Yet people were perplexed as how a state of effortlessness within the mind can be attained with effort. The effortless mind of being in the zone is not something we can actively seek to attain because this requires no effort. Being in the zone is an art that is evoked by essentially doing nothing to attain it. From this perspective, even effort is cleansed of trying and striving because the sense of I is not there. This is from the book Effortless Living, Wu Wei and the Spontaneous State of Natural Harmony by Jason Gregory, a teacher and international speaker specializing in the fields of Eastern and Western philosophy, comparative religion, metaphysics, and ancient cultures. He is the author of Fasting the Mind, Enlightenment Now, and the Science of and Practice of Humility. You can find out more about him at jasongregory.org and definitely look up his two upcoming t- Uh, retreats, a Footsteps of the Masters tour in India, and Fasting the Mind retreat, both of them coming up later in the year. We'll be right back with Jason Gregory after these messages.
Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more out of life? Tired of settling in relationships, your career, health, or finances? Want to experience greater aliveness? I am Simran. I support people in listening to their conversations with the universe, the guiding signs, symbols, and synchronicity. I mentor people to anchor in trust, love, and confidence to live their heart's desires. Let me guide you in embracing the challenges and the obstacles so you embody and integrate the gifts they bring. No more human doing. You are here for being, bounteously and abundantly. Experience your soul's natural rhythm, your powerful essence. Don't shrink back any longer. Release the struggle. Learn how to let go. Create in different dimensions. Transform separateness, grief, anxiety, anger, and chaos into living your destiny. Connect with me at IamSimran.com. Live more freely, spontaneously, and joyfully. Don't conform. Live a life of courage. Let's start now. Through my online courses, mentoring programs, or one-on-one coaching, it's time to change your world. Connect at IamSimran.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Once again, definitely check out this month's issue of 1111 Magazine entitled Just Breathe. There are some beautiful people that are featured. Anita Wing Lee took... 13 months of her life and went out on the road just organically. So it very much fits in with what we're talking about today with Jason Gregory. She speaks about tribe and how in every country that she went to, she was able to find people and things that supported her and what tribe really, really means. Jalaja Bonheim speaks about circle work and the importance of creating love-infused circles to allow the layers of tension and fear to melt away, even when we didn't know we were holding them. Leon Goodman is talking about the power of beliefs. Andrea Matthews, good versus evil. And Cookie Washington is taking us into a dialogue of black and white where she brings together a diverse group of artists to talk about social issues through their art. 
In addition, you will find out my own intention statements, prayers, forgiveness, and articles that I share. And if it's too much for you to read the free magazine online and take in all that goodness, I now have 1111 on audio, which also includes audio meditations, intentions, along with life coaching and action prompts. And that's all for $97 for the entire year. So it is a jam-packed, very full experience of self-work and self-care that you can partake in as you go through your busy, busy life. My guest today is Jason Gregory, and he is the author of the latest book, Effortless Living, Wu Wei and the Spontaneous State of Natural Harmony. It is about learning how to step more into your natural harmony and how we have been conditioned uh, from life and how we have bought into many different ideologies and thought forms that take us away from our own state of being nature. So definitely pick that up. Find out more about his two upcoming tours to India, Fasting the Mind and Footstep of the Masters, along with his other books, Fasting the Mind, Enlightenment Now, and The Science and Practice of Humility. Wu Wei is not an ideology, theology, or something you need to believe in. On the contrary, Wu Wei can only be known through your own experience. Then it simply strengthens your trust in Wu Wei. The natural order of growth and harmony depends upon allowing life to take its course without conscious interference. This is how the Tao flows when Wu Wei is experienced. Many people resist the very thought of allowing things to take place in life because from our perspective, we can't see how anything could be achieved in that way. But if we are more observant, we discover that each and every attempt to categorically control our life is invariably upended by the spontaneity of natural experience. No human being is above this universal spontaneity, and yet many people seek to control life down to the finest detail, failing to realize that the very things that shaped their identity were beyond their control. What a powerful passage in your book, Jason. It truly talks about how we are constantly trying to control who we are, and yet if I look back in my own life, even in those moments of control, nature took over, life took over, and still diverted me and directed me into the places I was meant to go. So when we talk about falling into this natural harmony, even in that, there's nothing that we have to do, but there is a sense of awareness that we must come to in terms of how we have bought into the ideas of ambition and success and the various things that we are to to achieve in this life based on how parents have conditioned or society has conditioned. And you talk quite a bit about how our children are to be left alone and, and how we are the cause of our own disease by even controlling that, even creating that hierarchy within our systems. Talk a little bit about that and how that hierarchy, just from the time of a child, leads up to the greater hierarchies of government, of finance, of all the different uh, methods and structures that we have in our world. Yeah, definitely. Well, when we look at, um, this goes back to Lao Tzu's view of, of natural systems that, you know, you don't really have a hierarchical order um, dictating over nature. Um, this is more so of, I mean, there is, uh, you know, obviously there is natural parenting, but I think the parenting now has got to a point where, you know, we are sort of trying to influence our, our children and that according to our own belief systems. And, and, and you know, some people might say that that's um, right, but, you know, from the point of view of, of Lao Tzu or a Taoist, they're, 
their idea is just to leave them alone to, to you know to live their life and and you know see, see how they blossom see where they go from there and so from that from that view like um Lao point is that all of this socialization um so all of these this conditioning that we have you know we we tend to turn into this this artificial person and from an artificial person then we have um certain systems and so forth and so on that we we have artificial systems and which leads up into government um and all sorts of even even in religion and 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 academia and all of these um societies we have a sort of a hierarchical order that's very artificial it, it's built it's built on um you know the human the human mind it's not built on the natural order of the world so you know yeah Lao's point is to is to get back to allowing life just to be as it will without having a, a hierarchical order because that's not the way nature is now you know how do we do that obviously we have to go back to being um, more trust based over over not having much trust so you know some of the reasons we have government and all of these systems of hierarchy is because we don't have an innate trust of each other you know that goes back into the parenting where parents don't trust their children to to follow their own path so we impose our will on them government systems don't trust the society or the individual i should say to 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 follow their own path and, and you know grow as they as nature intended so you know we devise all of these systems to to cultivate the world according to a certain philosophy or system or, or whatever whoever decides that you know so parents would decide that for the children government would decide it for the society um religion would decide it for their followers and so forth and so on so lautz's point of view is that we need to get back to the uncarved block he uses the uncarved block as a metaphor um which means to get back to your raw nature back to allowing life just to be as it will to trust the world and 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 to get rid of all of this socialization that we've all been indoctrinated with where you know as opposed to Lao Tzu you have Confucius who who love who loves all of he loves self cultivation so he loves self cultivation he loves socialization he would love um he loves um authoritarian parenting and so forth and so on not to throw Confucius totally under the bus because you know he is he doesn't have a lot of wisdom but there are a lot of things that his philosophy um uh, relates to our our modern philosophy where we have a very you know uh, artificial systemized based society that dictates to the naturalness of the individual so where lauter would say let's put let's pump the brakes on that and go back towards uh, the uncarved block you know confucius has the the he his his block is the carving and polishing technique of of self cultivation so you know it, it it all comes back to trust it comes back to trusting the way of the world and and uh, and believing in that the dao will run its course without us having to create an artificial system to to dictate the terms to the individual well and i think anyone hearing you right now and going into the thought form of oh my goodness that would create anarchy or that would create even more <laughs> chaos that in itself illustrates the degree of trust that the individual may or may not have just by mere thought that things would fall apart in the book you do talk about though uh government systems and different structures when they go into chaos it actually breeds more patriotism and i think in a sense we are seeing that even uh in the world today with many of the issues 
it, it may look and feel like chaos, but in a sense, it too could be the natural unfolding of trying to re-self-organize. Uh, talk a little bit of, of your view in regard to that when we see things like the women's movement or we see uh, the young people rising up against the guns. Is that part of the natural uh, disorganizing or organizing that is taking place? <laughs> um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good point. Good point, Simran. And, and I guess it could be, you know, it's, I mean, if, if we are to trust completely, then yes, I, I, you know, you're right. We should we should trust even even if it's something that, you know, someone might disagree with. Like I know a lot of people in America support uh, gun rights, for example, um, but there is a movement to to get rid of guns. And, and look, I live in Australia, and, and nobody has guns here. And I, to be honest, I don't really understand why people have guns in the U.S. But um, I, I understand it's part of the Constitution, this and that, and it's not my not my piece to say anything. So, but getting back to your point, um, yeah, when, when, it's funny because you know I mentioned in my book about. Um, what's called Kropotkin's anarchy. And um, that goes back to a, a evolutionary theorist, a Russian evolutionary theorist, Peter, Krop- Peter Kropotkin. And he, he believed that, you know, when in, in anarchy, in anarchy, there's actually like a um, natural order. You know, it was actually called Kropotkin's anarchy. So he believes when society um, goes into anarchy, then naturally, um, it, like you said, things self-organize, they, they reorganize, and and it, there's a this natural unfolding that happens, and that's very much in relation to to Taoist thought as well as as I mentioned in the book. There's this this natural sort of um, we go into this chaos, but out of that chaos, an order naturally evolves. And you know we've seen this. You know if we if for anyone who's been attentive in their own life or even in the history of the human race, there has been this sort of this ebb and flow between chaos and order. Where it's like this sort of this natural uh, growth continuum that that is um, constantly going on. So I think that that's I think you're right um, to to what you were saying. Where we, you know we have a lot of these the women's movement, the the guns, getting rid of the guns, and this and that. Maybe this is society trying to reorganize itself for better or worse. We don't know. You know that only time will tell. But I guess that that's just a natural flow of where. The energy's moving at the moment, and you know, if we are to trust the Tao completely, then then things will be as they should be. You know, ultimately. So, you also talk in the book uh, a bit about personal agenda, and when we look at things like politics, when we look at war, when we look at uh, the banking industry or finance, there can or business, there can be in most cases, personal agenda that actually drives that. And that is born out of ambition and, and some of the, the desires for life, the desires for comfort that we have been shown. Uh, there's a piece in the book where you talk about Mabel Collins' uh, occult classic Light on the Path, where she mm. speaks to four precepts. The first is kill out ambition. The second precept is kill out desire of life. The third is kill out desire of comfort. And the fourth is work as those work who are ambitious, respect life as those who desire it, and be happy as those who live for happiness. That to me was so powerful because it says so much just in those four statements Mm. in terms of 
who is really approaching the work, whether it's the personality or whether it's the essence or isness that is really approaching the work. Mm. And talk a little bit about who is really present when we're working from the first three versus working from the last. Yeah, it's a great question. Well, the, the first three, the first three uh, precepts um, of, from Light on the Path by Mabel Collins is basically that's targeted, I, I would say, uh, at the ego. So you're trying to kill out the ambition, the personality, I should say, or ego, whatever. Kill out the ambition, kill out desire of life, and also kill out desire of comfort. Um, is to try and get out of that that tendency that we have. You know, especially in the modern day, we have this sort of this tendency to think that we're entitled to to live a certain way of life and to constantly pursue ambition, constantly. Um, in a very egotistical manner, um, which which actually, in a sense, destroys the world. Because you know, if someone gets in our way and, and on our path, then we get very um, anxious and, or in some sense, violent. And the fourth preset is basically the coming into recognition that um, the life is naturally unfolding. And if you overly identify with your ambition, with your desires, then that's a surefire way into suffering. So this comes back to the training um, about what we were talking about before with the, with the hot and cold cognition, about ways to, to downregulate the, the sense of I or to, to turn the volume down on your ego and just allow life to, to flow naturally and to identify more with that that hot cognitive state within yourself, more of the, the heart within yourself, then what happens is is that there's a principle in Taoist philosophy called Li, which is kind of a natural, um, an organic pattern, sort of a natural um, uh, psychological archetype that you have that you begin to express in the world, but only when you start to kill out ambition and desires and desire for comfort. So when you start to get away from all of those things that sort of soften you up, I mean, I should say like, you know, cradle the ego, then you begin to actually um, bring forth what's truly within you. So, you know, a lot of people say it's difficult to live by the fourth precept, but it's not really if you begin to do the work to turn the volume down on your ego and allow just the naturalness within yourself to do the work without you identifying with it. And, you know, you'd know this because you're a writer, Simran, and I know this, know this because I'm a writer. When you get into the flow of writing, there is no real you that's in this, in this state of writing. You know, you're just writing. Once you get into that sort of effortless flow, it just naturally happens without you know, the sense of you and I, you know, cheer, uh, giving each other's cheers and having drinks after a day's a day at the office, you know, it's not really like that. There's, there is that natural order there. To act according to nature requires becoming receptive to the forces of the cosmos, which can only be received in the complete stilling of the mind. The process of settling the ripples of the mind is known as Naroda in Sanskrit. The stilling of the mind is the key objective of many forms of the meditative practices and Eastern wisdom. Yet paradoxically, the objective can never be attained if it is thought of as a goal to achieve. This is because the stillness of the mind that many people hope to attain is actually our natural state right here and now, and not at some future destination. But this realization is veiled by the hypnosis that we have acquired from the external world. This is from Jason Gregory's book, 
Effortless Living, Wu Wei and the Spontaneous State of Natural Harmony. You can get this book as well as his other books, Fasting the Mind, Enlightenment Now, and The Science and Practice of Humility. Uh, anywhere books are sold, or go to his website, jasongregory.org, and also look up his blogs, his videos, in addition to his two upcoming retreats, Footsteps of the Master's Tour in India and Fasting the Mind, also in India. Those will be later this year. We'll be right back with Jason Gregory after these messages. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. 1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com, 1111mag.com. Are you an artist, healer, teacher, author, speaker, or coach, a wellness or holistic practitioner or energy worker? Maybe you want to be. Do you desire to serve the world, share your gifts, live your dreams? I am Simran, host of 1111 Talk Radio, and I invite you to the vision of oneness. Could you use a community of support, more financial flow with less effort? Would you like to receive so you have more to give? Be a world changer, world server, do-gooder. Be a new paradigm thinker and a conscious change agent. A part of a growing community creating collective streams of prosperity and wellness. By simply serving yourself, you serve others. Feel great, have more energy, sleep better, gently detox. Lose unhealthy weight and build strength. It's time for more freedom and financial flow. The vision of oneness embodies unconditional giving, commitment, simplicity, and receiving. We are a collective new way of being in commerce and creative cash flow. Learn more at thevisionofoneness.com. Register now and a member will help you begin today. Visionofoneness.com. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome back. We are interviewing Jason Gregory on his latest book, Effortless Living. And before we get back into that conversation, I will invite you to visit my own website and check out my own books and art. Uh, My first book is Conversations with the Universe. It is about the signs, symbols, and synchronicities that speak back to you all of the time about you. 
My second book is Your Journey to Enlightenment. It is stepping out of conformity and conditioning and stepping more into your rebel nature, that of the innocent, wondrous, and curious divine child. And my third book, Your Journey to Love, is about discovering the ultimate soulmate, who is you, your shadow, your light, and the inner child within you that is ready to play and create in a world of spontaneity. So definitely check them out. They are a blend of the human experience along with divine wisdom so that you feel like you're walking beside yourself while also beside your higher self. You can find out all of those at IamSimran.com. When you trust the universe, you become one with it. Wu Wei dawns upon the individual in the same way, because when we let go of control, we gain the indescribable power and virtue of Tao. This relation of trust and oneness is the principle of living Wu Wei. When you are humble enough to leave things alone, you begin to feel a sense of unity intuitively. Lao Tzu's words in Tao Te Ching reveal this trust for the individual whose inner ear is attuned to the rhythmic silence of the Tao. The wisdom of Lao Tzu was not to intellectualize oneness, but instead to feel it and to know it. Jason, when we talk about many of the concepts like non-doing or oneness or even spontaneity and natural harmony, we live in such a mental world now, in such a material world now, that oftentimes they just rest as intellectual concepts rather than really being in a place where individuals are integrating them and truly feeling them and coming from a place deep within their core or their heart rather than, again, trying to do them. And the mind, the deceptive intelligence, can fool us into thinking that we are being them when we are actually still doing them. Talk a little bit about that that easy slide down into the place of integration from intellectualism so that people understand how to loosen the mind, uh, and, and this may speak to your previous book, Fasting the Mind, a little bit as well, in terms of uh, a method or protocol or a way to begin allowing that deeper integration so that there's more being rather than doing. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, it does tie in with Fasting the Mind because, you know, it's Fasting the Mind, you know, the phrase itself did come from uh, Zhuangzi, one of the great Taoists. And so to get to get sort of into that Wu Wei state in that into that the natural harmony of just allowing things to happen, you need to essentially shut the mind off or, or train yourself to give yourself an opportunity each day to, to turn the mind off. So obviously meditation is very important there. And and specifically um, still point meditation or you know, we we could say Vipassana insight meditation. Um, is very important just to just to turn the the what we would you know if we look at the nervous system there's the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system and so the sympathetic nervous system is more to do with the the doing aspect so that's activated when we're always doing so the reason why many people feel depleted every day is because we're only accessing that part of ourselves in our waking hours and the parasympathetic nervous system is the the deep relaxation part of the nervous system which revitalizes even our intellectual capacities but it also brings our mind uh, into equanimity um, so you know we access that when we sleep but we also should access that when we are in our waking hours so it's important for us to you know I- integrate um meditation and also methods of trying to you know discipline your life a little bit getting away from social media beginning to not look at 
the digital blue light you know the, the blue light and the digital screens that we all see at nighttime and that so that allows for a, a deeper sleep and deeper relaxation and allows our nervous system to revitalize itself and instead of you know turning the volume up on that all the time and you know also simple things like getting away from from you know large copious amounts of caffeine you know so you know i even talk about in the book about you know, getting away from caffeine altogether because we have to develop ways of um, developing yin because we live in, in, in a yin deficient world actually because, you know, the young part of us, the masculine part, is the active part. It's the part that we always access and so it's a doing part and what happens there is when you're doing, doing, doing all the time, you're not, you're not nourishing yourself. So yin the feminine aspect, the non-doing aspect, actually nourishes the the active element. So we are supposed to be mainly in yin, which is definitely against the way that our modern society is is structured. So, you know, we have to learn to implement yin practices within our day that keep us, you know, revitalized, but also alert without being active. So. You know, that's very important and, you know, meditation is a good example. Disciplined diet can, can help. Even, even learning just to exercise 20 minutes a day will help, will help you to um, settle the mind down, bring it back into a state of effortlessness because, you know, for example, running will bring you back into an effortless state and, you know, just these simple practices will bring you back into that, that, that yin state, Simran. You talk in the book uh, Effortless Living also uh, not just about the caffeine but about sugars or about distraction mm. in general and how mm. we are conditioned or the mind kind of is programmed to fall into that place of taking us into a distraction, which can mm. be sometimes, oh, an idea, I need to go bu- get busy with doing this or a reaction of I need to respond to this person on Facebook because they just ticked me off or mm. um, I don't want to, I don't feel like exercising or meditating, so I'm going to go get busy and do something else as opposed to stilling and, and taking on these more conscious practices to even the mind and, and slowly move towards that place of equanimity. Talk a little bit about how distraction plays a role in keeping us caught up in the, the cognitive machine of ourselves and of the world. Yep. Well, yeah, dis- you know, distraction, you know, we, I think that the whole culture is built on distraction now. Like, you know, the entertainment industry is one of the biggest industries in the world and nothing against entertainment. But the problem is, is that we've developed a habit now where we just seek to fill the mind up. So we're always seeking just to, you know, I, I can't stand boredom. Okay, so what do we do? We look for distraction because we're in the habit of filling the mind up or keeping it agitated, which then, you know, leads to further problems down the track because then, you know, all we do then is start to seek um, distraction. So distraction keeps our mind sort of in this state where it's very agitated and we can't sit still, you know, you see people fidgeting or you see people playing with their phone and this is a very, it's, a, it's sort of, a, well, you know, social media and, and digital technology has become an addiction. I believe, for, for a lot of people. But, you know, I think that what we're really addicted to is more so just distracting our mind from the reality of life, you know. So we don't want to really sit and just look at life in its in its rawest form. We don't want to sit there and, 
and just hear ourselves, hear our breath, or, or feel the ground that we walk on. We've sort of stepped away from pure naturalness, and we've gone head on into just distracting our mind hundred hundred percent. So, you know, nothing against a bit of entertainment, but I think that we've we've sold the whole the whole lot on just being distracted. So all we're doing is we're going to our job to make money so that we can afford to, to live a distracted life, which is totally against the, the natural way of the world where we need to actually be start to um, refrain from distracting our mind and begin to start to experience reality as it truly is. We have about two minutes left, and I do want to touch on equanimity. I know that my own experience the last few years brought me to this place, and most people might not consider having that even keel uh, state where you're not really experiencing highs or lows to be something that we aspire to. But that is the place where we really are working more in natural harmony, where we really are in more of a flow with the universe, where we really are creating from a space beyond the personality and the I. Talk a little bit about your experience or thoughts around equanimity. Well, equanimity is, I think, the, the goal for all of us. I mean, it's natural. It's our natural state, really, as opposed to the highs and the lows. So, you know, we're always seeking pleasure and we're always avoiding pain. But what we should be looking for um, through both is equanimity. We shouldn't be looking just to be um, ple- um, to be pleasured all the time or, or to avoid pain. We've got to seek um, equanimity. And the thing is, why it's such a you know why people don't want to embrace equanimity is because it's it's a very content state just with the way life is. That's what equanimity is. It's it's a it's a pure contentment without our consciousness having to be coloured with distraction or or vice or whatever. You just don't need anything. You you are just completely content with the way things are. Now, does that mean that you don't enjoy life anymore? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that you sort of have an equanimity becomes your anchor in life, and you don't <clears throat> run off into pleasure or avoid pain. As much as possible, you just live life with this anchor of equanimity, where you might step into pleasure, or you might you, there might be a, a, a chance to to dive into your pain, but that will only enhance your equanimous your equanimous mind. So, you know, for me, for myself personally, like insight meditation, specifically vipassana, has helped um, for for me to be much more equanimous um, longer for longer periods in the day. And that benefits my writing and it benefits my relationships and, you know, just the life I live in general. Well, definitely get to know Jason Gregory if you don't. He is a brilliant mind and a leading change agent when it comes to allowing individuals to discover more of themselves. You can find out more about his books, Fasting the Mind, Enlightenment Now, and the Science and Practice of Humility, along with his latest Effortless Living uh, at his website, jasongregory.org, along with two upcoming tours, Footsteps of the Masters and Fasting the Mind, both in India later this year. The books are also available on Amazon or where books are sold. And I'll leave you with one last piece of his book, Effortless Living. It is the feeling of oneness that we really seek, a feeling of oneness within ourselves that is never disturbed by the fluctuations of life in the outside world. When we are disturbed, we lose sight of our innate love. We never truly love the world in this way because we condemn it on the basis of our own conditioning. The only way to truly love the world is to trust it. With a trust 
trust that cannot be moved by the deluded mind. Trust is the validation that the universe is one and that you do belong. Again, this is from Effortless Living, Wu Wei and the Spontaneous State of Natural Harmony, jasongregory.org. Join me next week with Kaya Ra when we discuss the Sophia Code. I look forward to being with you then. I am Simran, in love of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.